Thank you for joining us on another journey in this episode number 33 of Tunnel Vision Podcast. I'm Mario DeRamis. I'm Eric. And today we bring you an episode full of trade talk. Specifically, trade talk for James Harden. So we're going to dive right in, Eric. Let's go. And right now, James Harden is currently being shopped by more teams than the ones that he specifically asked to be shopped to, which would be Philadelphia 76ers and also the New Jersey or the Brooklyn Nets. So, um, but as he should be, because I don't know if either team will really be willing to come off of everything that the Rockets are asking for. And at this point, James Harden is going to end up getting traded to a team like the Detroit Pistons. Or the Sacramento Kings? I don't think so. <clears throat> and here's why. I think the deal will get done with either Philly. It won't get done with Brooklyn. Um, uh, Milwaukee Bucks have needed. And we can ne- we can never count out Pat Rowley, right? Um, and the Miami Heat. But I think it's one of those three teams. And I'll be shocked if it's a team like Detroit Pistons. Here's why. They don't have a player to get back. Um, those, those teams, to a certain extent... Um, you can get a that I named. You can kind of get a box office guy back. Um, with the Milwaukee Bucks, you can't, but I think you can get enough to kind of help help um, put pieces around Demarcus Cousins and John Wall already as it is. Um, so I, I think it'll be one of those three teams. Um, I I do think that to a certain extent they don't want to grant him his his true wish. But I think they're almost held captive because they have to get something back that can give them some product on the court this season, along with bringing somebody in with them for next season as well, uh, whether it's a, a first-round draft pick on top of a player like a, um, uh, Ben Simmons or some sort. You know what I mean? Like I think that that's, 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 where, the, that's where they're going to have their best benefit from. Um, Fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it. Well, I don't know. See, I'm actually in the... Look, we have to actually be realistic about this, right? Because James Harden is not like he is spring chicken, right? Like, James Harden is 31 years old. Three-time scoring champion. Three-time scoring champion. Okay. A lot of mileage on his body. Right? Philadelphia. He hasn't got got injured or anything like that, right? So it's not been no injuries. It's just been kind of... I mean, a lot, of, a lot of minutes, a lot of minutes. But those guys, guys like him are hoopers, right? Like, I don't know if minutes become a problem as much. Mallage becomes a problem because you're a hooper. He, he's slow. He's methodical. Um, I don't think he the mallage hits him at like like it may hit some other guys. Yeah, no, and I, I get that. But at, at the same time, he's still 31 years old, so it's something that teams think about. But also, like, I could see a team like Philadelphia, if they're able to put a package together, then I, I think that's a team that I could see pulling the trade off. Miami, I don't necessarily know. I think that they would have to give up guys like Hero, uh, Kendrick Nunn, and then they would still have to come off of a first-round pick, right? Yeah. I, it's attractive, but I don't know, because I think that the Miami Heat, the way that they're thinking, why do this if... I mean, they could win now, right? But they're still going to think long-term. Will James Harden resign in two years once his contract is up? Which I think will make a lot of teams hesitant. However, teams like Detroit or Sacramento, 
teams that have aspirations to make the playoffs, they just want to become relevant again, right? And teams like Detroit, they have guys on the payroll like a Blake Griffin. You put Blake Griffin down there with John Wall in Houston, and they get a first-round pick out of that, I think that becomes more attractive to Houston because at this point, Houston's thinking what's going to benefit us most, not what's going to benefit James Harden. Going to one of those teams that he's requesting to go to, that benefits James Harden. Yeah, it does benefit James Harden, but at the same time, I think I could uh, a Blake Griffin, um, I, would, I would take a Ben Simmons over a Blake Griffin right now. Right. I, I mean, that, that's just my personal opinion. I, I think one, you, you get ticket sales and you're going to get um, jersey sales from a from a Ben Simmons quicker than you, and more than you would get from a, a, a Blake Griffin, in my opinion. Um, to a certain extent, the same things you're talking about, um, James Harden, we can flip that to Blake Griffin as well and say Blake Griffin's no spring chicken. He he's 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 probably lost a step or so. He isn't a high flyer like he once was. Um then he becomes I I hate to say this but make it but he comes kind of average, right? Um be, without the high flyer and and and, and that jumping ability he, he becomes I I think you could find another Blake Griffin. At this point of his career, you can find a younger guy that maybe can provide what he pro- he provides, and you don't have to pay him as much as you probably are paying a Blake Griffin. Yeah, but at the same time, you can say that. I mean, not saying to say you can say the same thing about Ben Simmons, but at this point in Ben Simmons' career, we have to be realistic as far as what he's accomplished. We know what his ceiling could be, but he's look. He, I'm not, he's, he's a younger player, but he's dealt with injuries in the short time that he's been in the league already. But I'm, I'm not on a Ben Simmons train where I'm saying, like, oh, he's this elite guy. But, I mean, he is an elite defender. He um, is. He's an elite passer. And I think. But I think that they would feel both ways about John Wall. Yes, but you can. I, I think you can pair them both together, and John Wall can be able to play off the ball as well. Yeah, I. I but this is my thing. He can play off the ball, but can Ben can Ben Simmons? You won't ask Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons will be the facilitator. Look, I don't. I, I was watching the Rockets game the other day, and the one thing that I did notice is. James Harden actually let John Wall lead. Like, he let him lead, oh, like, come down with the ball, put put John Wall in the situation or in, in a position to create not only for him but for others on the team. And it was, ha- but you have to. to if, you're, if you're James Harden, you have to allow that to happen, right? That's happening by design. It's not like saying um, James, John Wall has to play at that position. Or play in that, use his skill set ability to be a point guard instead of off the ball. Um, let's be honest, James Harden is probably a better off off the ball player than than uh, John Wall is, right? Yeah, most definitely. Right, he's, so, he's a shooting guard. Right, so you want to use John, you want to use um, James Harden at a at a, his best skill set along with 
keeping him from having the ball in his hands a lot of the times as well. Because when he has the ball in his hands a lot of the times, he's easily to guard to a certain extent, right? You can't guard him, but you know he's he, you don't have to worry about him coming down pin downs or back screens or setting ball screens and things like that. Um, so I, I think that I still think that Ben Simmons and John Wall can work. I'm not saying that it won't work, you know what I mean? But Ben Simmons is an attractive name that can help sell tickets, and it's younger, and you're going to probably sell jerseys, etc., to try to move the, the, the organization forward. And you want to bring somebody in young who's not stuck in their ways as well because of the reports of a lot of the organizational issues that they're having now with the Houston Rockets about how James Harden is just so demanding of things. You want to change the culture. The easiest way to change the culture is bringing young guys. You can dictate what the young guys could do because most of them either came from somewhere where it was some structure or don't know no better. You know what I mean? So I, I think that is a very that, – that that's why I like the Ben Simmons more than probably – any of the other trades more just because I think Ben Simmons can can offer a lot more. Well, I mean, I think it would be a, a, a more fair trade. And fair, yep. You know what I mean? If we're talking about it working out for both parties, I think, again, I think. And getting close to money. Like, I think Ben Simmons' name and his contract kind of can help them get closer to money in the trade as well. But Blake Griffin got a pretty hefty contract from Detroit. So I, I think that'll it'll align them. To be, it won't be exactly what Harden is getting, but it'll be close. Um, but there was a media session with James Harden. I don't know if you got a chance to see it or heard about it uh, from the other day after a preseason game that he played in. And reporters had asked him, you know, about his time away from the team. And he said that. He was, uh, you know, obviously the reports of him being in, in Atlanta and Vegas. And they were like, well, what were you doing out there? He was like, well, I was training. And, look, people got to stall out James Harden. I get it. Y'all, it's easy to make him the victim. But I, I go to Vegas. I train in Vegas. I don't play basketball in Vegas, but I train. <laughs> I train for other things. <laughs> it's, it's, it's things you can prepare for in life Facts. in Vegas. And I mean, yeah, but, but to that point, too, like, let's be honest. Everybody should know that James Harden was not training, right? He's, we can look at his body and say, all right, James Harden, you, you look like you, you didn't do much this offseason, dog. Like, you really kicked it for a couple months. Well, he said he was training. <laughs> <laughs> like, so why would we I, – I think it's just one of those things where I'm like, why would we ask the obvious question for no reason? Like we can look at this guy and say, dude, you 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 probably didn't picked up about ten, right? Look, I don't understand the reason for the question, but I just I, I love the answer. I think is I think that's 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 where I think I side with Kyrie a little bit. Like they ask some of these questions be just, just for one they're they're pointless. Like and for two, you I'm going to say the PR thing to say, right? Well, I'm, I'm going to say the political correct thing to say so that I don't make myself or my teammates look bad. 
Yeah, but I, I mean, I think a lot of them they try to do it to see if they can like poke the bear a little yeah, bit. Yeah, see for if sure they, they can, do. See if they can get an yeah. answer out of them. Yeah, because they'd be like, oh, I'm I'm the reporter that got the answer out of you. But come on, man, let's be honest. This guy ain't stupid. Like, if that's one thing I can say about these guys, especially in the NBA. Most of these guys are not dumb. They're not going to fall for the stupid media games that some of these, these media outlets play. Like, that may work for football, but not for NBA, man. These these guys are kind of well-coached well or trained. Yeah, but, man, that made me think about my training days in Vegas a little bit. I think, I don't know, one time I actually did play basketball in Vegas. I don't know how you could, man. Oh, I mean, well, I, I guess to, to a certain extent, I think there there's always a way, right? If yeah. there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, all you need is, you, you just need a, you need a ball, a court, and some people willing to play. <laughs> and you really don't even need a court; you just need a real. <laughs> yeah, but I was in Vegas for what, four days that that year I went. Oh, dang, that's cool. Yeah, so I was. I mean, because bro, two three days in Vegas is kind of a like three days is a. Four days, it felt like a week. I was like, man, I, I got to figure out how to get all my stuff out here. But luckily, I made it through. And you I back. survived. Yeah, I'm, I made it back. Um, but nah, but speaking of guys who are not going to be leaving their team, let's talk about Giannis Adetokounmpo. Or the Greek figures. We like to call him because I don't want to say his last name all the time. Um, but no, he uh, just signed. Well, five five year extension, two hundred twenty eight million dollars. Get paid, young man. And it was crazy because all the reports and all the talks, if Giannis would leave, uh, or the uncertainty that he would remain in Milwaukee due to market size or not being enough players there to help, you know, bring him a championship. But he's staying. Do you think that Giannis feels? comfortable with the the supporting cast that he has now with the addition of Drew Holiday he feels like do you be like do you believe that he thinks that now is the opportunity to win with the with those guys I don't necessarily think 100% that that he thinks is now is the opportunity um <clears throat> if you listen to him talk um after signing that contract he stated that he has a 5 year plan and I think kids and a championship is in that in that um that window so when you when you talk about somebody who states that a five year plan, a championship is in their five year plan, that necessarily don't mean that he he's expected to win a championship very soon, right? Like like right now, he's probably in a couple years we we may be able to get one a championship. Um, it, I I think um, he saw what they tried to do for him. The trade just happened and not go through the sign and trade deal. Um, and I think he has some confidence that going forward, they, they, they're they they're putting pieces around him to get better. Um, if you look every year, they progress of the talent that they do have around him, right? Um, so to a certain extent, I think it was kind of a no-brainer, unless he wanted to go to a big market, that he could stay there, right? We always, I always talk about how, yes, the big market helps, but these guys can make that same type of money. As long as they win in a small market, they can be a big market guy, right? Um, you're talking about a guy who's won multiple MVPs now, back to back. I think he he can be a box office guy wherever this this guy goes, um, if he continues to keep playing at the level he's playing at. 
Yeah, and I think that one thing that I'm really looking at as far as his contract goes, if I'm not mistaken, he'll be 32 coming off of this contract. Yeah, to get a bag again. And if, even if he doesn't want to stay in Milwaukee, he can go elsewhere, get paid, and possibly be in a position to win a championship. Yeah, he, he's like, he has the, it's crazy that him and... Um, Anthony Davis had that position to where that their young guys signing big contracts and with the with the expectation that the next contract they're still in their young early thirties to sign another major contract deal. That is that 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 is huge for them. You know what I mean for their pockets. Like that 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 that's a big thing to do to be able to do. Yeah, no, and uh, I definitely agree with you 100%. Like, because, I mean, this is really, we're talking about two guys that could potentially get contracts back-to-back over $150 million. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, they will. Unless bar injury, those guys basically, they, they both will. I mean, because, let's be honest, they're generational talent, right? Generational talent. I mean, they're, they're, they are our NBA future, too, right? The the NBA future is in their hands and in a quite in a couple of other cats in the league as well. So it definitely definitely they, they I, I see them getting a less getting a nice bag after this contract's over. Um, so we'll see. Have you had the opportunity to watch any preseason NBA games? As the season is about to start next week. I'll be honest, like I I tried to watch one and I think it was on Friday night last week. And uh, I dozed off. Um, I, it's hard for me to get into NBA, um, especially just the games while this time in the NFL is still going. And, and and to be honest, like in my opinion, the NFL is just getting to the to the to the the thick of things, right? We're 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 starting to see those divisional races for playoff race. Um, we're starting to see big games that we've seen um, that we'll talk about probably here in a little bit with Baltimore and Cleveland. Like, so I, it's hard for me to get into preseason in the NBA as much, but I'll definitely start checking them out. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I've I've watched a little bit. Uh, saw Rockets game. Saw a little bit of the Sacramento Kings Golden State Warriors game. I just wanted to see how Sacramento looked. They beat they beat the Warriors. Cal guy hit a game winning shot. Oh, I did see that because I, I, if I'm not mistaken, but Steph had 29. I, I saw Steph hit like back to back threes opening game. Yeah, I did check that one out as well. Steph, Steph got got hot after Kerr came out and said that uh, it, it was kind of rough seeing him try to get back to him himself. You know, Steph. Hey, man, <laughs> we talk about these top players in the NBA coming into the season. You know, Steph obviously dealt with an injury last year. And, I mean, the entire team just kind of went down. You know, ever since they lost the the finals, it's kind of like an afterthought to think about the Warriors. But, man, you know, Klay Thompson down this year. No Kevin Durant. Steph Curry might be in that MVP conversation. If he's healthy, I'm telling you, you listen to me. Steph may be in that MVP conversation. He, he, he may be in that conversation, but I think he's a guy that's probably coming 
mid mid pack or, or or towards the end of the MVP conversation. My, if you want to go, give, give me a top, give me wanna, a top four MVP candidates going into the season. Anthony Davis will be one of them. Obviously, LeBron James, Giannis will be one, and um, top four. I was prepared for three. Um, you got to get the people something. Top four. I would say. I mean, obviously, I would say James Harden, but. With his situation, I just don't know if he's at the MVP caliber. Hell, I might go with – I'll probably go with Dame over – Dame. Dame Dollar. Okay. Dame would be one of those guys where I think he might – this is, might be his year to kind of get up there. But, I mean, obviously Steph's going to be in that in that room, and I'm sure James Harden will be in that room as well. If I were to give my top four MVP early, and this is prior, you know, prior to the season kicking off, obviously, um, but top four MVP candidates for me going into the NBA season is gonna be, I'm going Anthony Davis, I'm going Luka Doncic. Oh damn! Fuck! I knew I was missing somebody. Kevin Durant. Luke is the one I was missing. And I'm going to go out here and say it. I'm going to say I'm putting my faith in Kawhi Leonard. I, 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 th- look, I'm, I'm putting my faith in Kawhi. And I, I'll tell you why. Even though they're doing the NBA currently is doing an investigation on the Clippers <laughs> and Jerry West to, to see how they signed Kawhi Leonard. But I, hey, Jerry's a, he's a sucker, man. How he turn his back on us though? Like, I, I, go ahead, my man. We talked. We talked about that, man. It's, what's the Where's the loyalty in it? In, in the business, man. <laughs> I I can't believe that, man. Like, but my my dark horse for MVP is probably gonna be Trey Young. If I'm going, if I'm if I'm throwing a dark horse out there, like that's that's gonna be my who like he he could win MVP. Trey Young got pieces around him. They could potentially be a top four team in the East. That's ah. that's that's one that's one to look out for. Trust me. Okay. But um, man, NBA season coming up uh, sooner than we know. It'll be here. Next thing you know, we'll be turning on TV. We'll be watching Christmas basketball. Yep. Um, but what I did want to get into. You know, obviously moving away from the NBA, NFL. Let's talk shop. Where to start? Man, let's start Monday Night Football. This past Monday Night Football, obviously. Uh, you know, we, then we can just reflect on the, the weekend. You know, in total. But man, the question is, cramps or the BGs? Lamar Jackson said that he didn't pull a Paul Pierce, so he said it wasn't the boo-boos, but they, they reported him uh, going out for cramps. You know, obviously, he didn't come back uh, he, moments later in the end. He had the boo-boos, dog. You think he embarrassed to say it? Yeah, but it's all, it's always good to have that story, right? That, that hey, I had cramps. Hey, I had the flu. Hey, I thought I was injured, and I... Came back like some Paul Pierce type shit. 
Like, so it, it, it happens, right? Um, but I definitely think it was that, man. I mean, just the way he was just running and... I've I've seen that before. <laughs> I, I may have done that before. You know what I mean? Like it was one of those things where it was like, man, being on a field football player, you you understand that a little bit. That ain't look like cramps, dog. You ain't running with no cramps. I ain't running with no cramps. It's over. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's interesting though. I mean, because you if you got a boo boo, you can get cramps in your stomach. You got yeah, like I mean, you can, yeah, you you can. But I I just don't I. I think if you got cramps in your hammy, in your calf, oh like, yeah, dude, you're, you're, not you're not running. running. Yeah. So where's the cramps at? You feel me? Like, did you have cramps of stomach growling and you had the BGZs? Like, you know what I mean? Like, come on, all right. And you you telling us half the story, right? But yeah, that, facts. But um, for him to come out and uh, play the way he played once he came back was fucking amazing. Just flat out amazing, dog. Like. This dude came out, and it almost looked like he he took like a Superman shot or something. Like he came out and, and threw the ball, strikes, four for four, out of the tunnel. Like, and he only he he had as just as many completions as he had the whole game, and I think almost or more yards in that stretch when he came back. Yeah, man, because when you get that off your, <laughs> off your stomach, you, you you feel like a different person. You <laughs> feel like a different person, man. He came out of ball. Like, the strike to uh, Hollywood Brown was huge. Like, the, the mood of Mark Edwards. Like, the, those that, – that, that that was a great sequence. Um, and I think that, that is something that whoever watched that game or saw that or saw some highlights of the game, that's something we'll remember for, about from Lamar Jackson for a long time. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, as far as the game goes itself, um, I think that this kind of, like, this is the ball, like, the Baltimore Ravens now, like, this is the way that they need to play going forward. Like, kind of, I felt like they were more relaxed of a team. They got back to themselves a little bit. And I, and I felt like they were okay with Lamar Jackson. Like, don't, like, don't tie him down to the pocket and try to make him something that he's not. Like, use him in his, you know, let him let him use what gifts he has, because everything else will come. Everything else will. Um, they did a great job of um, getting him to the to some of the best things that he does well, and um, they got back to running the ball and running a lot of their running backs as well, right? So I mean that that's huge. Like getting to your running backs. Um, I think they went in and start running what you know. Two, three running backs uh, got in. It's just—I'm a little surprised that Mark Ingram hasn't been playing as much. Um, I, I know J.K. Dobbins has shown he's the best back in that backfield by far, um, but I—I I, I think uh, I'm just surprised that he's not even getting as much burn lately. Yeah. So I mean, you know, and you know, the, the Browns—they—they they took the loss, obviously, and but it's a lot of lots of lot of positives. That, you know, people were taking away as far as, you know, Baker goes in his future with the Cleveland Browns. Because you remember earlier in the season, they were saying, well, it might be time. this might be the last stretch for Baker to prove it. And I think he's gotten the, the organization comfortable with the, you know, with actually bringing him back and giving him a contract extension. Are they still pretenders, though? Or are they contenders still? They're 
They're contenders when they run the ball. I, I mean, look, I, I like Baker. I do. And I think that Kevin Stefanski has found great ways to simplify the offense for Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield now has confidence. And I think that's the most important thing. But I believe that when they run the ball efficiently and effectively, consistently, they're, they're contenders. Because if you run the ball effectively and play good defense, you always have an opportunity to win the game. Yep, I, see. I, I agree. Um, I, I, I'm still on the fence if, if they're, if they're a full contender in my mind. Um, and I think it's because of uh, if they play a team that can force them to run the ball or force them to throw the ball and force Baker to, to be something that uh, we are not accustomed to Baker seeing, what can they do, right? Um, Baltimore showed that for a while, and then Baker got hot. Um, the running game got hot, and, and they kept going, and they was firing on all cylinders. And then it became a shootout, right? Um, so uh, with with that being said, I, I'm still on the fence a little bit. Um, they played a contender very, very well, um, and that, I think that's the first time as a as a unit consistently up and down, top to bottom, special teams, offensive, defense that they've played at a very, very high level with a, a, a team that, that's a powerhouse like Baltimore Ravens. I don't know because they look good even the prior week against the uh, Tennessee Titans. Like they, but I, I will say this though. But it didn't look like we got the. They beat the Titans, right? It didn't look like we got the best Tennessee Titans that we've seen either. And it, to be to be quite honest, I believe that to a certain degree, those both of those teams are the same type of team. They're they have a quarterback that can manage the game um, at a decent level. Um, if you're running the ball effectively, can throw some strikes when needed, but they're not going to go out and win you a ball game. And they rely on a great defense, and I think those two teams are the same type of teams, and we just saw that uh, the Cleveland Browns did it the best that night. But I will say this, though. like This is just my honest assessment of that game. Tennessee, only it was what, if I'm not mistaken, it was like 35 to 13 at halftime. And Tennessee came back and they barely lost. So that like that gives me worry. Because you were up 38 35-13, 38-13 at one point, and you win 41-35. And or then, 41-38. I can't I can't remember. But, it was one but then you two. take you take the, the Baltimore Ravens game where they were down, I think, two or three scores and came back in that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think they're on the cusp, but I, I truly think um when you have to uh, make Baker Mayfield go win a game. I'm still not sold if he can go win a game against a contender team. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we'll find out uh, then over the next three weeks um, of the NFL season. Yeah, it's almost you know, who, who they are. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I, I think they might play. They got a decent stretch these next three games, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Yeah, I mean they they got a huge opportunity to make the playoffs. I mean. But the one thing, this th- all right, so this is one question I've had about, you know, and I'm glad that we started off talking about, you know, these two teams. With the Cleveland Browns, right, with the success that they have now, that puts me in a position to feel like they may move on from Odell Beckham. I think they will as well. I think the organization, I think close in the fans that they have that are, you know, that's a tight-knit group. 
um, with, when you talk about fans and, and, and organization, I think they have the thought that, yes, Baker Mayfield looks better without trying to force it to um, an Odell Beckham. And I think that they, they think that they can play a little bit freely at, because Odell's not there. The problem I have is I don't know if Jarvis Landry is that guy to that they need him to be without an Odell Beckham as well. He he shows spurts that he could have been that guy, but then I thought with Odell Beckham there that he would flourish into something bigger because Odell's demanding a double team, and I don't I didn't see it where it stood out a lot. Well, I, I don't. I think it depends on what you're expecting, Jarvis Landry. Because I I love Jarvis Landry. I loved him coming out of LSU. I actually liked him better coming out of that draft than I did Odell Beckham. And the the thing I expect out of a, Jar, a guy like Jarvis Landry is he's gonna be a guy that's gonna go out and get you seventy to ninety catch receptions a year. May get you a hundred, but seventy to ninety is more realistic. It's going to get you about 800 yards, and he's going to be a guy that you can rely on in the red zone. Right. Odell Beckham is the big play guy, need the ball. Jarvis Landry, doesn't, he doesn't need all of that. doesn't even care about getting the attention or the recognition necessarily. And I, I think that that allows for other receivers to, you know, to work into the actual, into the scheme, right? Because Donovan Peoples-Jones, he stepped up. And then they got guys like Rashard Higgins. Who's out there making plays? Austin Hooper's about to come back. And they obviously still got both running backs. So, I mean, it, it allows Baker to spread the ball around versus having a guy like Odell who is, I, you know, need the ball, put the ball in my hands. Because, I mean, let's let's be honest. Odell is a special talent, right? When he's healthy, he's able to go out and make plays. Yeah, I mean, and when you have Odell, you, you have to give him the ball, right? Like you, you cannot have a guy like Odell on your team and not and not give him the attention that's needed. And I'm not saying it as a far as a from a perspective that he needs that attention. But in order for your offense to go, when you have a guy like him, he has to be that engine that goes. Um, because when he does, he opens up so much more. The problem is, is just Baker cannot get the. How they dialed up things can it, it doesn't work for Baker to be able to get him the ball and downfield, right? Um, I often you see without Odell Beckham in the lineup as well, you see them putting um, putting the running backs at with wide receiver as well, using them in space and trying to get them the ball um, as any way as they can as well. I mean, Kareem Hunt lined up at receiver. I think he caught a touchdown right um, the other night against the Baltimore Ravens. So they're they're dialing up things, and that's the thing. Like when you lose a guy like Odell Beckham, it's okay if you're a head coach to say, "Well, let's do it by committee." Now my play calling is opened up so much more because I don't have to dial up these got these plays for a guy like Odell Beckham. You know what I mean? My play calling is kind of open a little more versus trying to get to get Odell in the spots that we want to get him to so that he can uh, be successful and have a good game. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. I'd agree with you on that. 
All right, so what were some of the big takeaways that you had from last week? You know, I mean, since you know we gotta go back in time now. Um, one of the biggest takeaways, like I came here and talked to you about, was um, Derrick Henry. Like, man, I was very high and on Ezekiel Elliott. This dude, Derrick Henry, is uh, starting to make it look very, very easy. And it doesn't look like he's going to stop. Um, does Zeke have the line he has? No. Um, but I don't think he has an outstanding line either. You know what I mean? Like, th- this dude just running the ball very, very hard. Um, and, and they're saying he's the best player on the field when he plays. Flat out. And uh, I don't think he's getting the credit that he deserves. Um, we talked about it coming into the season. He didn't get the money that he deserved. We felt the bigger pay should have been to, towards Derrick Henry, and the middle of the pack pay should have been towards um, uh, Ryan, Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. So with that being said, man, I, I just want to take time to say, like, like this dude is just balling on a, on a whole nother level. I mean, he's almost at the point where he has as much touchdowns as he had last season, he has three more games to go. Like, that's insane. He's leading the, he's leading the league in rushing. Um, he should probably be in a conversation along with Aaron Donald. He might, him and Aaron Donald might be the, 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 the two guys that should be in that conversation that are not uh, quarterback guys. So I, I, I want to make sure that uh, I do my, my job and, and promote the the fact that he, he's been playing on, on a whole nother level, um, and, and, and people need to respect that. Then that's your soapbox. That's my soapbox. Um, <laughs> outside of that, uh, Miami Dolphins defense is real. Miami Dolphins defense is real. <laughs> like, I thought, like, all right, man, they're playing a they, – I, I thought, like, hey, you know, Miami Dolphins has been taking advantage of – um, some bad teams to a certain extent, and then playing some good teams pretty decent because some teams may overlook them, and it might be a trap week. These dudes balled out and played very, very well against the the possible MVP in Patrick Mahomes. They balled out. I mean, they, they played well enough to where they slowed Tyreek Hill down. Man... Brian, LaFle- Brian was Brian Flores is doing one hell of a job there. Um, he's a guy that I think should be in a conversation of coach of the year. Um, if he should, if he doesn't, I don't know. I don't know why. I'll be I'll be shocked why. Like this dude is taking this team and they're looking like a playoff team and they're playing very very well week in and week out. Um. I guess the next takeaway is the Bengals and the Cowboys need to find a GM. Soon. Very soon and fast. Because they both look like crap on that game in that game. And it, it, it was bad to watch. Like that that's bad football. Um and I I almost thought I was watching like a poor college game or something. Like, like that, that, that's what it looked like. I could watch a, I could go on Saturday and find a game that's a top, a top twenty-five 
two teams playing and it looked better than what they look. And that's sad. I will agree with you on that. I, I think both teams have two owners that are getting older. Um, and if they even want to see a daylight of a championship or even a good playoff run, I think it's time to turn the, the keys over to somebody else. Well, speaking of ownership with the Dallas Cowboys, while we're on the topic, I mean, you saw the reports coming out where Jerry Jones was saying that he believes that Mike McCarthy should get another, uh, another at least another year. Do you agree? As a Cowboys fan, no, do you do you agree I, I with that? I don't agree with that anymore. I, I was on the fence earlier in the season, um, but I don't agree with it now. Um, you brought in a guy um, and a defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan, that that was a guy that had put in a favor for you, um, and then you turn around and he he comes and plays. I mean, coaches and. He's been out of the league for a while. There's an obvious reason why he's been out of the league, and you fight for this guy to get the job. All right, good. So when he doesn't do well after week one, week two, week three, um, it doesn't look like you coached him up and said, hey, this is what we – not, hey, you need to change your, your defensive scheme. This is what I think you should be doing. Here's what I'm seeing is working across the league. None of that looked like that's happening. They're continuing to play poorly week in and week out. And then because they either don't understand, your defense is probably too confusing, they want to go out there and just play freely, um, whatever it may be, now you don't even have the buy-in from the guys that's playing on the defensive end. So now they they look like they don't care. The effort is poor. They don't uh, get in their gap sound. They don't run to the football. And then they look like a bad football team. You already had issues on the offensive line. You can't. Your thing is to make that defense look okay at minimal. Rod Marinelli took this defense and made that defense into something. That defense was nothing before he got there. And he left, and now this defense became the worst defense in football. That is out. That, the Bengals and the Jets are the worst team in the NFL, right? And how are you last in defense? If you didn't have the balls to fire him before now, I, I want to. I need to fire you because you're incompetent of doing your job. Your job is to hold the guys around you accountable. That's on your coaching staff and your players. And he's not doing it. Something about that game, right? I felt like it was actually it was a close game until Brandon Allen went out. So and Brandon Allen is not a an exceptional quarterback, <laughs> <laughs> but that I really look. I, I I don't know how to say this, but Ryan Ryan Finley is not is not good at, at the NFL level. I I don't know why you've brought in a guy from the practice squad to take over the job over him, and he continues to have his job. Go find another practice squad quarterback then they, well, on they, another team. They, they brought, they're bringing somebody in now. They're gonna He's going to go in and uh, for just for physical and to evaluate him. Look, I don't need to evaluate anybody over Ryan Finley. No. I don't even know how Ryan Finley was the, the, the backup to Brandon Allen. That's what I'm saying. Once Brandon Allen, Brandon Allen took the starting job, he has to go. Well, they have another. They have Kevin Hogan back there. 
as the the option behind. But Kevin Hogan is better from what I've seen, like in the games where he's got to start. Or not Hogan, it's uh, Doug Hodges. Doug Hodges is the backup quarterback. He's he's better than Ryan Finley. Man. I don't I don't understand. Ryan Finley doesn't look like he knows how to play quarterback at all. No. The fact that he la- he got through college playing quarterback, I'm I'm really it, it boggles my mind, right? He was drafted in the fourth round. That was four round he should have never been drafted that early. <laughs> or if at all. Maybe if I had the, the very last pick of the draft, maybe, I, and I need a, a guy to just come in and get some reps, I'm like, okay, let's give him a try. But the fourth round, and that's why the Bengals are in the situation that they're in. A lot of it comes off uh, based upon the, the ah, draft options. I get it. That's why he was he was picked. He's a six foot four quarterback. But I, I will say this, though. I will say this. You know, and I've I've been doing some. I do a lot of like reflecting, like in my in my downtime. What What do you reflect about? I, I reflect a, I reflect a lot about how teams get in the situations that they're in, and I and this week made me realize that Zach Taylor needs to be fired this year more like more than any other time that I've said that he needed to be fired this year. It leads me to believe that he needs to be fired. And also, the Bengals need to do a better job of figuring out how to evaluate coaches to bring in, right? Because when they when they hired him, they were at the point where, okay, they had Andy Dalton, right? Who was still Andy Dalton. But A.J. Green was coming off of an injury. But they had young, promising talent, right? Like Tyler Boyd, the guy was a thousand-yard receiver. They just gave him a new contract. Joe Mixon is up and coming, uh, superstar running back, and it was the defense was still uh, not terrible, but not great. Zach Taylor, instead of saying, "Okay, I'm officially going to go into a rebuild mode," because at that point, when when it's a team that's like in the middle, you you can either reload or you can just do like uh, do a, a rebuild, right? It's, it's no in-between. So he opted to say, you know what? I'm going to go for the reload, but he never reloaded on anything. He just basically kept the same team. He did. Like, the, the draft wasn't spectacular. He didn't make anybody better. Like, where did they get better in his first year with the Bengals? Nowhere. They got better nowhere. And he could have just went for the rebuild and said, you know what, this draft, I'm going to draft some guys who are going to help us in the foreseeable future. He said, no, I'm going to draft some guys I I think that can help us now. They didn't help. The team got worse the year after. And then, obviously, they ended up getting Joe Burrow, which, I mean, that came out of it. But now now it was was good to bring him here because now you have a franchise quarterback, but now you got to find a coach that can actually – Put him in a position to win. Yeah, I'm on a train. And I think I was on a train. I don't think I never have, was not on a train. Um, but I think I'm on, I'm on a train heavy down that uh, Zach Taylor needs to be fired. Um, <clears throat> a lot of it is because just he, he doesn't, he doesn't know what he's supposed to do. 
Um, I never thought he should have got the job from the beginning. Um, he's playing makeshift with this line. He, To a certain degree, like, when you have a bad line like this, unfortunately, one of the best things for you to do as a head coach is find the five guys that you think are the best five guys. And even if they're not as good, put them on the field and allow them to grow as a unit and to continue to get reps and make sure that you coach them up. And I don't think that's done. Then the last thing I think he said was last week was, hey, we've made some movements on the offensive line that we should have already we should have made a long time ago. And hindsight, like he, he's like, um, I, it was bad on my part. Um, if those are moves that you thought about in the past, they should have been done. You've you've never probably played this whole season with the same offensive line for for more than one game. So you should have been doing whatever you thought was best at the beginning of the season when you had your star quarterback. Like that that's where it's important. And for you to say that allows me to to believe that your best interest was not to protect your quarterback. You know what Zach Taylor is? Zach Taylor is the guy. You ever like worked with somebody or had somebody at your house and let's say that they put their coat like on the couch and you tell them like, hey, you let's go hang your coat up. And then you'd be like, okay, I'm about to hang it up in a minute. And then you come back, about three, four minutes pass, you come back like, hey, you can hang your coat up. And then you'd be like, okay, I'm gonna do it in a minute. And then you come back ten minutes later and you say, Hey, you can't get coat up, man. You you gonna hang it up or not? And they're like, Yeah, I'm gonna do it in a minute. He, you said that like 15, 20 minutes ago when I first said, hey, hang your coat up. Like, that's what that's what Zach Taylor is. Zach Taylor's the guy you have to keep telling to do something over and over and over again, but it's never going to get done. And that's why he says things to the, to the media like, we know we're close to turning things around here. We know what we got to do to, to, uh, to make this organization a winning organization. No, you don't. You obviously don't because you're not winning. Yeah, nah, I mean, yeah, he, he's bad. He's 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 very bad. Very, 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 very bad. Did, did you have any other takeaways from the week? Um, that there's anything you want to get off your chest? I mean, Aaron Rodgers, it, it's an Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes MVP race. I mean, I, I, that, that's obvious though, right? Uh, I, it should be. If you're watching football, you should know. That those two are the, that that's the MVP race and that whoever I, I think probably has the 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 better end of the season will win the MVP. Patrick Mahomes probably still up there, but um, Aaron Rodgers and <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are special. <laughs> and They're I, special. And, and I, honestly, if I were going to give the MVP to any like either one of those two. It will probably be Aaron Rodgers, just to, based off the fact that he has Devontae Adams and some guys. Like, Patrick Mahomes got some boys. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Patrick Mahomes got Travis Kelsey. He got Tyreek Hill. He got some boys. I, I, I want to say this with the utmost respect to the rest of the Kansas City Chiefs receivers. Neither one of them were Devontae Adams. They're 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 special. 
But Devontae Adams, dog, right now is on a whole nother level. And, and it, what, what I mean by that is Devontae Adams is showing right now, this season, he's he's the best receiver in the football. I still don't know if I'm on that track. And I, I love Devontae I'm Adams. I'm talking what he's doing on the field. Statistically, he's the best receiver in football right now. Like, Stephon Diggs is putting up numbers. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not going to take that away from Stephon Diggs. But, Stephon Diggs is a bad man. But, dog, this dude is – there's nothing that Devontae Adams can't do. And I agree with you. I, I love – I have a, a huge amount of love coming out of coming out of Fresno State. I think that that's the reason Carr got drafted so high because Devontae Adams in college – Dude, he had 22, 22 touchdown receptions in college in his senior year. And I want to make sure that everyone understands this as well. As great as, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, as easily we can talk about Aaron Rodgers being a, a top MVP candidate, I want everybody to understand one thing too. He's worth talking about him in this in this right because of Devontae Adams. Absolutely. Okay, I, I just want that to be clear as well because if he didn't have him, we wouldn't see Aaron Rodgers that we we we're seeing right now. He would be playing at a high level. Don't get me wrong, not turning the ball over, but dog, dude, I don't know if you watched the past couple games of the Packers. Like, dude, two has been like on a whole nother level. Dude, I was watching uh, I was watching a game on uh, Fox. First drive, Devontae Adams up the sideline. Yeah. Single coverage. Yeah. I'm like, why, why the hell is anybody going to have this many single coverage? You, you, don't have, you, can sing, you can have single coverage on anybody else on that team. You, you couldn't pay me not to play uh, double coverage on him. I might even roll another guy. I might roll three guys, uh, roll two guys to, 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 to um, the side of a corner with him already. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I think Devontae Adams is that special. But I, I will say this. What Stephon Diggs has done this year, obviously Minnesota trading him to uh, Buffalo. But, dog, think about this. Think about the history and the tradition of the Buffalo Bills, right? First receiver ever in Buffalo Bills history with 100 receptions. Wow. But, but I want to make it clear, too. This is the same Stephon Diggs we saw last year. Yeah, and the year before that. The difference is is he had Thielen. And sometimes people lost sight of that because of Thielen was there and maybe because they had Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook is probably one of the, the, the best running backs in the league as well behind um, King Henry. Um, but I think it was oversight then. Now it's Stephon Diggs. A few other cats that are around him. Don't get me wrong. They got some good guys that are around him, but not Thielen type guys. And they really have an okay. They have an okay running game. They run the ball to a certain extent to just keep defenses honest. So the running game's not like like it was. But I mean, this this is Stephon Diggs. We we've seen the past couple of years. A baller, straight baller, certified, certified baller. <laughs> Yeah, only only takeaway I really have for this week. I just want to go on record to say this, and I, I love the Philadelphia Eagles. 
I love, oh, you do. I love the Philadelphia. I do. You do say. But I will say this. I think people need to. They need to watch the rise. Watch the rise right now because Jalen Hurts is good. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a lot of potential there. And I think that if they choose to go with him in the future, like I'm with it, right? I think that's a. I think that's a guy who can come in. He's a playmaker. I think Carson Wentz has, I think he still has a tremendous upside to him. I just think he has to get right mentally and he has to get his confidence back. And regardless if that's in Philadelphia or not, we can only talk about the right now. But I will say this, Philadelphia Eagles fans all around the world should be happy as hell Taysom Hill was the starting quarterback because that's really the only reason the Eagles won that game. Taysom Hill played three terrible quarters and the Eagles barely won. And the, the fumble from Jalen Hurts, at the, first of all, why the hell are you running your quarterback in the, at the end of the game when you just need to get a first down? And, run, and as soon as you get the first down, then you can take the victory knee. But you run Jalen Hurts up the middle, and he fumbles the fucking ball. Now, people can say what they want. Look, I saw a lot of good things that Jalen Hurts did. A lot. But I think that most people, if they can, if they were watching the game, can agree. It's a difference. It's a difference in that win, right? Like, it's a win they obviously need it. It is. It's a win that they need it. But if, if they put Jameis Winston in that quarterback, the Eagles are not winning that game. And that's my TED talk. Are you for... Jalen Hurts to continue to start? I think you have to go with Jalen Hurts at this point because I think he well, it's just like the tool effect, right? Like you can possibly win games with the other guy, but you like the team needs a spark. Wait, wait. I think it's a little different, but it's it's, it's, a, it's a little different, but like, no, not not a little different. It's a lot different. No, it's a, it's a little different. The team uh-huh. the team needs a spark, right? The team needs like need you need a new you need new energy in the building. Yes, you do need new energy, right? The problem was is Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick was still winning ball games. Yes, he Carson was. Carson Wentz is not winning ball games, and he's looking terrible while doing it. That is the big difference, and that is a huge difference. Yeah, I mean that's that's the that's what I'm saying as far as like the impact of the the change. Yeah, the because, impact of the change. Well, no, I mean that that goes into the impact of the change. Yeah, but that's the impact what I'm of the change is winning ball games. Ryan 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 Fitzpatrick was winning ball games. Yeah, but so in order to put Tua in the game, you're you're kind of kickstarting Tua's future versus um because you have some decent pieces around of him around him. Versus saying Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't winning ball games, playing terrible, kind of solely the reason why we're losing ball games. Now go into it because we need we need a new spark to win ball games. Philly is saying, Wentz, you're playing absolutely terrible. When we put in Hurts, we had a, we saw a spark, and our offensive play calling expanded because you you it. We can run him because he's not scared to run. Yeah, I mean, because Wentz can't run. Let's let's not let's not ever forget that Wentz can't run. He's scared to run. Scared to run. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's confidence. Yeah. It, but at the same time, we're gonna kickstart this kid and see what he can bring us because 
he's he's bringing new life to the offense. Yeah, and but you know the the one thing that they did on offense that it was kind of like, man, y'all should have been doing this from the beginning. Run the damn ball. Run, you run the ball. I saw that game right, and the first thing I thought was like. Mario's going to come in here this week and be like, I wish they would have ran the ball as much as they're running the ball with Carson Wentz. You haven't said it yet, but I think you're on your way to say it. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously that's what you do. He was playing terrible, but you kept putting him out there saying throw the ball. Because when you throw the ball, you have the risk of doing a lot of things, right? It's a lot of good that could come out of it. You could throw a touchdown. You could throw a completion. You could throw an incomplete pass. You can, But the, on, the, on the downside of that, you can get the quarterback sacked. You can fumble the ball. You can throw an interception. And it was more bad outcomes than good outcomes. So why would I continue to say, okay, well, I'm going to chance it this time. That's the hard part of guys like him and Jared Goff getting paid, right? And getting a nice chunk of money. You, To a certain extent, <clears throat> you have to put them in positions where you have to see whether they will be the guy you need them to be or more. And I think right now, to a certain extent, neither one of those guys are playing at a, a high level um, where, where they should be, right? The difference is is the Rams are tailoring tailoring to his, his needs and weaknesses, and the Philadelphia Eagles isn't tailoring towards Wentz's um, – Needs and weaknesses. Well, they don't believe he has weaknesses, but they've been exposed. Facts. But I will say this though. It, I mean, it's kind of hard not to pay him too. You know, on the on the uh, on the other on the other side of that, because if you look back at the history of guys who were drafted one and two at the quarterback position, I can honestly say that Jameis Winston and Mariota to be drafted one and two are the first. It's probably the first time I've seen quarterbacks who don't get a second contract, who are drafted first and second overall. It's not many guys who don't. Think about that. Jamarcus Russell didn't. Did Jamarcus Russell didn't, but he got a huge contract huge in his contract. first. But And he also didn't. He didn't play out. I don't even think he played out his whole rookie contract, did he? Nope. Uh, uh, Mariota and Jameis Winston both did, and they started every year. We'll, we'll see Sam Darnold not do it. Except for uh, Mariota didn't start last year. So, somebody will get there. Sam Darnold a second contract. Not nah, he, he won't get a second con- big contract, though. Not, yeah. In New York? No. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. He's done. Um, they, they'll, they'll pick up. They'll, they'll, they'll have their choice of um, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Um, hell, uh, what? Blake Bortles didn't get a second contract either. Was he? Not his big contract. Um, well, remember he did. Remember he did get that extension. He didn't. He didn't. Oh, he didn't play it out. He did get an he extension did, he though. He didn't play it out. Though. Yeah, because I remember they went to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. And man, just, that's crazy how that that team just was. The at man. The top of a peak and out of the bottom of a barrel. The, right, the right defense, away. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's what happens. Like, pay pay your guys. Like your your star players, you have to pay them, and that's one of those organizations that that are always going to be has beens because or or wannabes because they 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 don't when they find the diamond in a in a rough guys, they don't pay them. 
Well, also not it was, it was not only that it was the simple fact that they came out the next year. Remember, because they had gave Blake Bortles that money and they tried to be something that they weren't, like tried to become a passing offense. Like, no, nah, you you won the you won games last year running the ball and playing defense. Facts. That's what you have to do. And and then when you have the defense on the field longer than they need to be, then they'll start to make mistakes and there's more opportunity for error. Agreed. So, I mean, that's obviously, that's honestly what happened to him. Uh, but I don't know, man. Sam Darnold, like, that's a tough one for me. I mean, I, with the Jets, I mean, what was he drafted? Was he drafted fourth, third or fourth? Yeah. Where was Sanchez drafted? Uh, top, I think. But, I mean, like, one or two? I don't I don't think Sanchez was drafted one or two. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, those guys who were drafted one and two, like, that's a toughie. Like, that's... I mean, because you think of Cam Newton, uh, Peyton Manning, even though Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf didn't see that second contract. He was drafted sixth. I mean, it's still a, no, I mean, it's still it's top. Up there, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? But you yeah. can almost say that for, like, every USC quarterback outside of Carson Palmer, right? <laughs> yeah, no. <that's... laughs> like, they hype him to be this this big Throwing quarterback and then they come to the league and they're 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 not even what we thought they were. Yeah, and it started with Matt Leinert. Yeah. But I mean, when you I mean, when you're in college and you got some of the best talent around you, and you got great coaching from Pete Carroll. It's I mean, it's kind of hard to pass on. I mean, and also think you have to think about systems too, right? Like Matt Leinert was kind of thrown into like uh he was thrown into a a, a very odd situation. I would never. I want to go on record and say that if I was a quarterback going into the league, I would never want to be a number one or number two quarterback. Uh I don't know. I think it would also it would always depend on like the organization. Like if I was getting drafted to the Bengals, probably not. Knowing no. what I knowing what I know, probably not. No, you're if you're drafted number one or number two, it's because of teams like the Bengals. Yeah, it's, but, it's because of teams like the Detroit Lions. It's because of teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Speaking, <laughs> like, speaking of bad teams, while we're on the topic, the New York Jets. Go ahead. Lewis Reddick, uh, ESPN analyst, uh, and is now being uh, considered or is being uh, interviewed for. He just interviewed for the Texans job. And is going to interview for the Detroit Lions job, I believe, tomorrow for the, I, for the uh, position of GM. I hope and pray that he goes to the, the the Houston Texans. Me too. And I hope and pray that he hires Eric Bieniemy. Same. I think he understands how close Eric Bieniemy is using um, Patrick Mahomes and how he can mimic that and bring that to the Houston Texans. That will be the, the perfect marry of GM and head coach and quarterback. Yeah. And I think he'll and, he'll put other pieces around Deshaun Watson to make him to help him be successful. One hundred percent. Like this dude football mind is through the roof. Like it's amazing, like like to to listen to this guy just as an analyst, right? Um and he's just on like NFL Live or, or some some show like that is one thing. 
But the the hear like I already knew he was a brilliant football mind, but to hear him call games, it's like it's next level, and I don't think it get talked about enough. Like this dude is doing an exceptionally well job, and I would argue, to a certain extent, when you're talking about knowledge of football, he's providing that same knowledge of football that I believe Tony Romo provides. The difference is is Tony Romo kind of. I think understands X's and O's a little bit more, so he talks about that, and it's and it's very catchy because of that. But Lewis Riddick is doing a hell of a job as a uh, as a side sideline reporter or broadcast analyst. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I I'm, I like I'm a huge fan of Lewis Riddick uh, even before he started calling the games. Yep. I think that he did a, a great job on uh, just being with ESPN yep. and you know providing. I think he provides truthful knowledge. Yes. You know, even if it's... It's, it's factual, um, and it's not really biased. Like, yeah. not one bit. Yeah, so, I mean, I always appreciate that. So, you know, hopefully the Houston Texans will offer him the job, especially, I mean, they need it, especially with all the bad PR stuff they had towards people of... Color. Yeah. They, they need it. <laughs> Over the past years, like, they... They need it. They definitely need it. I mean, even though I, I do hope that the uh, Detroit Lions fine. Um, somebody to be a GM for him and can help him be successful. But I just don't, I don't know if I want it to be Lewis Reddick. Even though I think that he would help Matt Stafford. Marvin Lewis. GM or coach? GM. I, I haven't heard anything about GM. I've heard coach rumors. I've heard coach rumors. I don't know what he wants to do. But if he would like the GM, I think that would be a great place for him to GM. They have some talent, and I, but I think Marvin Lewis does an exceptionally well job of scouting talent. You know what, though? With the Lions, though, he would be going back, and he would also have within that organization Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu is there now, too. He is? Yeah. Do you think there's a possibility they could pull A.J. Green and convince him to go there? Where did Matt Stafford go to college? Georgia. Where did A.J. Green go to college? He played 8 out of 16 games inside of a dome. Two other games, well, one other game is inside of a dome, which would be against Minnesota. Think about that. That would that, I would be intrigued. I would be intrigued to see that happen. I'll keep my comments to myself. I'm calling. I'm calling Marvin Lewis after the podcast. One day this weekend, I'm calling Marvin Lewis. I'm for Marvin Lewis, but any other comments you've made since then, I, I'll, I'll keep to myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't even hold it in. Why the hell would they bring in? Two has-been receivers. Well, I mean, they who, who was or the has-beens? Muhammad Sadu and AJ Green. Well, I mean, you would bring them in for the the nostalgia effect for one. For two, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, Th- that wins games. It could. <laughs> what? With the right coaching, because no, no, think about this. Dog, A.J. Green just scored his second touchdown of the season. Yeah, but I don't think that's all on A.J. Green. I think a lot of that's on the usage of A.J. Green. Because, look, 
every every player can't do everything great, right? I'm not saying that. I'm, go ahead, go ahead. Every player can't do everything great. Every receiver can't run every route, regardless if great or not, right? They just don't work. They don't work well running certain routes. Okay. Randy Moss was highly effective throughout his career, but he only ran a few routes, right? Agree. AJ Green is not running. He shouldn't be running every route, and I think that the coaching staff they've they've botched it. Right now, I don't, hell, I don't even know who's throwing him the ball. I don't know who's gonna throw AJ Green the ball for one, two. I think that they they're using him out of place, we- which that impacts his level of play. So I'm telling you this right now, and we can have a twenty dollar bet on it. If AJ Green goes to another another uh, system and they use him the right way, AJ Green can be productive and can have another year in which he has over eight hundred yards receiving. But you're, you're giving me too many caveats. Let's it's not. Just, it's, let's, let's just flat out say if he goes to another team, then he'll have over 800 yards. Okay, I can do that. And he, but he, he has to play at least. He has to play at least 14 games. I'll take that dub. Okay. I'll take that dub because I'm gonna tell you this. What I see of him right now, I I don't I don't think that 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 that's him anymore. I don't, and it, it definitely ain't Muhammad Sanu. Muhammad Sanu ain't hasn't been nothing since he's left the Bengals. That, did you not see him down in Atlanta? He was balling in Atlanta. The Patriots traded a second round pick for him. They just didn't want to pay him out the six point five they would have owed him this year, just due to the cap issues. It wasn't that he couldn't play, and I mean for them, they wanted him to be a number one receiver, which he's not. He's not a number one receiver. Why did he end up in New England? He ended up in New England because they traded him for a second-round pick. They have Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones already. Ding, 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 ding. They had Calvin Ridley. Yeah, who who can be a number one receiver. They have Julio Jones, who's a number one receiver. He was just the odd man out. And they gave him a second-round pick for him. I think he was the odd man out by default. They gave him a. They gave them a second round pick. That's I don't think the, he was worth the second round pick. They gave him a exactly right. So if if you can look, I'm gonna break this down for you in, in layman's terms. <laughs> something I think we can both understand, right? Go, go do it. If go we go into a store <laughs> and if we go into a store right now and you say, "Oh, I got twenty dollars. I want a PlayStation Five, though." They're like, "Okay, well, just give me the twenty dollars." You gonna take that PS5? No, nah, because it's gonna come with a payment plan. <laughs> no, it's not. If they say just straight up, straight up, give us that, give us that twenty dollars, you got a PS5. You gonna, you gonna pay them that, right? Yes. You first, you gonna be like, man, is this a joke? Then you be like, oh shit. Well, he's saying I can just take it. Cool. They give you a receipt. Say PS PlayStation Five, twenty dollars. You gonna walk out with the PlayStation Five? Like, man, I just committed robbery. That's what. And that's what the Falcons did. Uh, oh, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I'm not disagreeing. So I'm, when I said I'm they, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, but that goes back to my point. Like, the the guys that you're saying that that will be there, I don't think that's gonna do anything. That's not gonna move the needle. 
Well, look, I was just trying to create conversation. Maybe some, <laughs> okay. op- maybe some, oh, maybe some, you, maybe you, some optimism. You. Okay. I'm just saying those three guys together is not moving the needle at all. Uh, that was the whole purpose of me saying what I said. They'll be better than they are now. And you also have to remember they still got uh, they still got Galladay up there too. Which Marvin Jones might soon be an odd man out. Mm-hmm. Nah, not necessarily. They, they be- might move. It. They might get another young guy in the draft. Marvin Jones. If I'm not mistaken, it's about to be another thousand yard receiver. He's about to have another year where he goes for over a thousand yards receiving. He already had two back to back. So Muhammad Sanu is going to be the odd man out. He might be <laughs> okay. if they bring AJ Green yet again. <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to create some optimism, maybe for the world to hear. But uh, I mean, maybe some Bengal fans that that love those. Uh, that was a nice trio, though. That, it was. They, they might, um, they might like that. All right. Um, Marvin Jones has 667 yards. Still got three games left. And Galladay's been out at least two or three games this season. He still got time. But uh, all right. Now it's time where we got to make the picks, Eric. I'm gonna go down the go down the scoreboard. Uh, and obviously, you know what's going on with rapid picks. Chargers, Raiders, Thursday night football. Raiders. Bills, Broncos. Bills. Panthers, Packers. Who's your picks? Oh, I'm going uh, Chargers, Bills, and I'm going Packers in the first three. Pa- who was the Packers playing? Panthers. Oh, Packers. Buccaneers, Falcons. And those were the Saturday games, too. These are Sunday games now. Ew. Buccaneers, Falcons. Bucks. I'm going with... I'm going with the Falcons. 49ers, Cowboys. 49ers. I'm going with the Niners, too. Uh, Lions, Titans. Titans. Yeah, I'm going with the Titans as well. Texans, Colts. Texans. I'm going with the Colts. I don't know. I still don't know the status of Deshaun Watson. Patriots, Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah, I'm going with the Patriots. Bears, Vikings. Vikings. I'm going with the I'm going with the Bears on this one. I don't know why, but I'm going with the Bears. Seahawks, Washington football team. Seahawks. I'm going with the Seahawks, but I'm interested. I'm interested in uh, Dwayne Haskins. Ravens. I don't think he's going to start. I think uh, Alex Smith would be. They say he's going to be prepared to play. They took him out, left him out for precautions. Okay. Jaguars, Ravens. Ravens. Oh, the Ravens. Big. I mean, Jets, Rams. Rams. I'm going with the I'm going with the Rams too. Eagles, Cardinals. Cardinals. I'm going with the Eagles. Chiefs, Saints. Chiefs. Uh, give me the give me the Chiefs, but I, I will say this: I think Taysom Hill gets benched, and we see we finally see Jameis Winston. 
Browns Giants. Browns. By three. By three? Yes. I'm going Browns by 12. 7 to 12. Freddie, Jason Garrett got COVID, and Freddie Kitchens is taking over for. Oh, no, I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. By 12. And they're saying that uh, the quarterback, uh, what's his name? Uh, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is. Probably not gonna play. Damn, I ain't know that either. Yeah, 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 no, <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Browns seven to twelve. That's a Sunday night football game. Oh, playoff implications. So you because of the Giants are one of the division. Their defense is low, low key legit. Oh no, the defense is is sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jabril Peppers. Yeah. Playing a shocker. Playing great. That's not a shocker. shocker. It's not oh, a shocker. Man. Stop. Stop. You know where he went to school. Steelers, Bengals. No, you, you do not mention that school up north this, this for the rest of the season. Steelers, Bengals. Steelers. Yeah, I'm going. Not even Steelers. close. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Finley is probably going to start. Oh, yeah. Not even close. <laughs> Defense, even, with, even with Brandon Allen, you shouldn't have thought about that. No, but what I was going to say was defense might have three point, three touchdowns next week in this game. Oh, Still? the Steelers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Oh, speaking of Bengals, uh, Geno Atkins was released today. Was he uh, released? Yes. Another uh, thing that I think. Um, I was going to say, I know they, they, put him, they put him on IR. No, they, I think they released him today. If I'm not mistaken, he was released. That's unfortunate. I mean, I I knew it was gonna happen. Uh, I mean, obviously, on the I mean, back end of his career, but yeah, for sure. I, I, I this is why you fire him again. Um, you've ran out of two veteran guys. Um, that in a bad season like this, you should have helped. They should have been guys that you leaned on, <clears throat> and you don't have that veteran experience anymore. But I do say that those are two guys that probably overstayed their welcome here in Cincinnati, though, as well. Uh, I won't say that they outstayed their welcome. I would say... I think they needed a... What I mean by that is they need a refresher. Like, they they needed to go to a different team as a refresh and, and, and get a new life, if you will. Yeah, I mean, they look, I mean, not every NFL player is going to end up playing out his whole career with one team. Most of them don't. Yep. And a lot of guys need to, before you can close the book, you need to go on to the next chapter versus ending the book in the same chapter. You know what I mean? It's You need experience elsewhere to kind of complete the journey. That's why, I mean, I, I, I understand, like, it sucks to see it happen. But you would rather go out on your own terms, and especially like leaving with the Bengals. Like you want to go into an organization just so you can experience something different. So you can say, "Hey, I play with a first-class organization." Not saying that the Bengals aren't, because I don't know how they treat their players. I mean, I, I know that a lot of it with Marvin Lewis uh, under his regime, they were loyal to a lot of guys and they helped a lot of guys, but. It's just, it's sad, man, because it's like, 
Dunlap was really like a corner, like he was a key piece to that defense. Geno Atkins was a key piece, to, key piece to that defense basically throughout their entire careers, right? And then it's like they're in a position where uh, I'm just here. And it's tough to see guys who played at such a high level just kind of flatline, you know what I mean? But Carlos Dunlap in Seattle now is balling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the refresher that I think he needed, and I think guys like Geno Atkins, a guy like Geno Atkins needed as well. Those are guys that performed <clears throat> very well on a bad defensive team for numerous of years, and to a certain extent, once they start to s- slow down a little bit in, in, in production, it's not because of them. It's, it, it's because of the going out there and continuing to play um, – on, and be on the field defensively as much as they have been. But a place I would like to see a guy like Geno go is uh, Los Angeles with the Rams. Either they or with the Chargers. I mean, I, obviously, I don't think they'll. I'm not, not going to have to pay him an absurd amount of money, but him playing next to Aaron Donald, you know what I mean? Like, he's a, he's still a very, very competent defensive tackle. And a lot of that stuff is, you know, it's not necessarily just about skill, but it's about angles, you know what I mean? And knowing, you know, what gaps to hit. Oh, tell 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 um uh Mike Nolan that. No, I, I could, but <laughs> <laughs> but um man, so yeah, NFL man, about to be through week fifteen. And speaking of uh seasons that are coming to an end, I think it's obvious that we have to, it's only right that we end the show talking about college football. Obviously not much more to talk about. Uh we're about to get into the realm of entering the playoffs and a few games left to be played specifically for the big team. They have one game, uh, big team championship. Let's get that it's it, five in a row, baby. Let's yeah, get it. This is Saturday night, right? They, uh, Northwestern, which is a, a low key, legit team. Northwestern just lost to Michigan state. Every every now and again, you know, <laughs> someone can show up. Y'all lost to Michigan State, right? They're a bad team. Michigan is a yeah. bad team. Did your team lose to Michigan State? Michigan is a bad team. I'm a Michigan fan. They're a bad team. Okay. A bad team lost to a bad team. So so how is Northwestern in a, in a Big Ten title? Because they they played their schedule well and they lost to Michigan State. <laughs> what else can I tell you? At the end of the day, do you know what the line is on the game? It's twenty-one <laughs> points. It should be. I'm taking twenty-one. They'll lose by. They'll lose probably by twenty-four. As they should. We're talking about Ohio State. Yeah. So the, no, they're, they're good. They're a the, good team. Probably one of the the explosive offenses in the in the country. Yeah. No, they are. They are, and I, I will say this about Northwest. I won't say that they're, like, terrible. I think they're a, a team. They're, they're mid, middle of the pack. they got a couple stars. Their quarterback's been playing pretty decent. The running games, the running game from a kid from Fairfield here in Cincinnati has been balling and what as, is, a, as a uh, freshman. And Eric, what do I preach about winning? how do you win games? Running the ball and playing good defense. And that's what they do. The defense just won't be good enough to hold Ohio State. Facts. And then they'll be forced to try to play to to play catch up with them, which will hurt them more because then they'll try to have a shootout 
which I don't see working very well for them. What Jordans did Derek Carr just have on? I don't know. I didn't get to. Jordan Brand. Jordan Brand be be lacing Derek Carr though. I'm sure they do. Derek Carr be having. One of these days, we might have to start like talking about like uh, cleats and and um, shoes and it, on a court, especially hoop. And you know what's crazy though? Speaking of Jordan Brand and cleats, I've been seeing a lot of guys out here with uh, retro tan cleats. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That might what he had on, but he had on some all black joints. Like it solid all black. It could have been. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The retro, the retro tan cleats is out there. Like they're they're every colorway possible now. Yeah, and um, they fire. Yeah, they are. Like they they really like the cleat, cleat game is. I tell you, was not fire though. That little mesh up Jordan Eleven with the um. That new little technology they have to beat the the um. Oh, you was talking about the 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 adapt? Yeah. The Jordan Eleven adapt. They better stop without the laces. It looked like a goddamn shoe from the uh, bodega or something. <laughs> like, come on, man. You press the button and yeah. they, they tighten up. Like, come on, dog. Like Nike running out of ideas, man. Nike not running out. I mean, no, because look, <laughs> you remember like the B ball adapt, right? The, yeah. Like, it was so big that they felt like, okay, we'll take the most popular Jordan and we'll try to incorporate it and see what see what happens. The the shoe guy in me and the business guy in me, that is lazy. Yeah, but you also have to that think. You took an iconic shoe like the Jordan 11 and you're going to put the that. Um, technology technology into it to push the te- that that is really what they're doing they're using the 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 iconic shoe to push the new technology they're trying to have absolutely and that's lazy that's lazy absolutely it's it's kind of like the same of Apple not giving you the, the charger block anymore in a, in an iPhone when you buy it that's lazy that's just lazy at this point Apple just trying to rob people because they're selling five hundred dollar headphones. So <laughs> I don't know if I want to say. I and, don't, they, and, they, and they might be the same quality as the Beats that are like one one ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> the same exact quality. No, nah, there is a little bit difference though. Um, now you give me on my text, my text shit. Um, I think they have they have the ability for you to be able to change the EQ levels on the headphones on a go, which you can't do with any other headphones. But the people who are going to be buying those headphones are going to be people who are in, in a studio um, atmosphere, right? Um, not the everyday average Joe like you and I. Oh, hold on. Well, how do you know I want to go to the studio? I might have to go cut on with Drake or something. You never know. On that note, this is episode 33, our Scotty Pippen. <laughs> <laughs> This guy's lost his his, his marble. Yeah, no, I got I got a few plugs. Uh, Drake, Future, uh, <laughs> Joe Button. I don't even know he don't make music anymore, but he's still be in the studio. Uh, who else? Uh, Benny the Butcher. I got a few plugs. I got a few. Or those just names that you're thinking. Of. Those are just rappers that I. <laughs> those are rappers that are in your your Apple Music right now. <laughs> you have no plug with them. Meek Mill. all right yeah this has been a great episode um we talked college football no we we gotta talk i mean just just but just just before we go just before we go um 
Big game, Clemson, Notre Dame, obviously a rematch. This is a game that I, I wanted to touch on before we uh, left. Obviously, uh, Trevor Lawrence will be playing this time. Yeah, I got Clemson. I got Clemson, too. It's, I, th- I mean, look, I get it. Notre Dame has looked really good, and I think that one thing about them, they have, like, they have tight ends that look like receivers and vice versa. And they're able to run a ball and they play good defense. But Clemson, man, even with the even with uh the backup quarterback, the the freshman who played, uh, I can't pronounce his last name. Um, but they look like they looked solid in the second half. First half they just came out slow and they got behind. Then they eventually went to overtime. And then if I'm not mistaken, they went to double overtime, right? Yeah. And they just uh, Clemson ended up falling short. But Trevor Lawrence is a difference maker. And I think that Dabo Sweeney, like, he's like, hey, it's all or nothing now. And if, and it works out for college football, right? Because if Clemson loses, well, it works out for them if Clemson wins. Because Notre Dame still is a college football playoff team. Yeah, yeah, they are. But if Clemson loses, I think they're in a position then where they have to say, okay, what are their number five and six team looking like? Yeah. Um, because are you going to let a two-loss Clemson team in, even though they lost to the team that's ranked number two in the country now? Yeah, they might. I mean, you look at how they, they did Florida. Like, Florida lost. They're a two-loss team, and I don't think they moved, right? No, they jumped ahead of Cincinnati. I don't know. Cincinnati Bearcats I, I failed in the playoff I get it. Florida should have won that game. The game was in wrapped in hands outside of a dumb penalty at the end of the game. You just, there's no way. There's no way you reward them like that. And they have the nerve to say that um, Ohio State has to prove to them in the Big Ten title, title game whether they should still be a number four team or not. They shouldn't have to prove anything. They should just... Hey, if y'all win the like, Big Ten title game, y'all win it. Like, 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 let's. And I hate to get bring it back to Ohio State, but Ohio State is is one of the best teams in the country. Period. Like when you watch the game, you see that. When you watch um, Clemson play to a certain extent without Trevor Lawrence, they dominate games. You know what I mean? Like when you watch Notre Dame play, Notre Dame dominate games for the most part. When you watch Alabama play, Alabama dominate games. The rest of those teams were just up and down. Maybe they dominate games. Even when Ohio State looked bad against, or mediocre against, I guess, I don't know. But when they look, when they showed struggles against Indiana, they still performed at a very, very high level and dominated that game. Same with the other teams. Any of the other teams that played close games, to a certain extent, they dominated a game. They, that, that game. Outside of the Notre Dame Clemson, which was a close game, like it's mind blowing. I mean, and then you talk about UC. Yes, UC's dominated games. Have they played anyone worthy? Not really. That's not their fault. Um, and we talked about that over the past couple weeks. But at some point, you you have to at least give them the credit where credit is due and say, hey, you are. You're playing your schedule and you're winning ball games. Yeah, but I, I think that we have to also 
realize that look i understand that it's a you know it, it, one it's a hierarchy and that's it's, what it's, people it's need. levels to it and then Definitely. two there's also like there would have been so i saw somebody on twitter say that we, they should bring the bcs back for what this is gonna do the same thing the bcs would have done they're gonna put a, a undefeated team that's from uh not a power five school into a, a new year's day bowl that's it you're gonna get you're gonna play on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day against a uh, a highly ranked Power Five school who wasn't good enough to be in a national championship, and you're gonna see if you can compete with them. It's like remember when they said Boise State should have went to the uh, to the national championship the year that they beat Oklahoma. I mean we'll never know, but they end up playing against Oklahoma, winning and showed hey they can play with with Power Five schools. Same thing they're doing to UC. I understand the frustration, and I, I, I think that it's it's bad that they dropped them. That's what I think. Like, it's bad that you dropped them. But at the same time, I understand the reasoning for them not being in that top four, top five. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this college football weekend. Obviously, we still got another week of SEC football, and then uh, they'll do their conference championship uh, the following week. So I don't know, man. I, I think that I mean it's Alabama's to win. Let's let's just be clear on that. Is the, the SEC or the, the college football? No SEC. Oh okay. Yeah, I mean I think college football playoffs right now is just up in the air. I and I also think that. I mean, I don't know if I can say this on the podcast, but I think something we need to talk about next week is the fact that the SEC was kind of bad this year. To be the best division in, or best conference in college football, they're kind of bad outside of, like, two teams. Yeah, they're, yeah, we can. We'll talk about it. Texas ain't them damn play anybody. Neither did Florida. And then everybody else is just kind of bad. LSU let some guy put up 600 passing yards in the first game. It was just, it was bad. And we, we need to talk about it. But uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to Tunnel Vision Podcast. Episode 33 is in the books. Officially. We out. Till next time.